When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Blue, White and Yellow podcast from Leeds United Live, giving you the in-depth analysis on all the big talking points from Ellen Road. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Blue, White and Yellow podcast with the latest opposition uh, preview. We're here. We've got Everton at the weekend. Um, I'm joined by Christopher Beasley of The Echo. Chris, how are you doing, mate? You all right? I'm good, thanks. Uh, just was saying, just having a lot of uh, pre-match uh, banter with some of the, the Leeds fans on the back of our, our Spygate piece. Um, I don't think they, some of them were uh, too welcoming of bringing that up. But yeah, it obviously does add a bit of spice to what is already a huge fixture for both sides. Yeah, it really is. And yeah, it's interesting. Obviously, I I, I uh, had my little input on the Spygate yeah. piece. And uh, yeah, anything uh, anything uh, with Frank Lampard uh, being brought up with Leeds United fans can be quite a contentious thing, really. Yeah. Um, so, so going into it, Chris, uh, mm-hmm. just looking at the game as, as a whole and, and Everton's season, I mm-hmm. guess the, the main question is, what's gone wrong? <laughs> yeah, it has been... It has been disastrous, to, to, to be honest. I mean, you, you look at um, where Everton were a, a year ago. I mean, uh, last season, uh, and we'll come back to this, despite that um, defeat at, at Goodison Park to Leeds United, um, as recent as Boxing Day, they were second in the table um, last season, and obviously they, they plummeted to finish 10th. But they should, on paper, be at least comfortably in, in, in mid-table this season based on what the ability they've got within the side, and they're nowhere near it. Um, Absolutely horrendous run under um, Rafa Benitez. Obviously, just coming in, the most um, controversial appointment in the city's football in history, never mind Everton's. It's not just um, that he was a former Liverpool manager. I think the fears were this was a manager who'd done very well in the past, but his best days were a long time ago. And and that's how it proved to be. I, I think nobody would even have... Even the most pessimistic Evertonian, I guess, would have thought it would have ended up as badly as it did under Rafa Benitez. Um, in the end, those Anfield connections would were, were just sort of like um, a, a side issue compared to what ended up happening. One win from his last thirteen matches in charge that that culminated with the sorry defeat at um, Carrow Road. I was down there in Norfolk that day when you know, they were playing a Norwich City side who'd lost the last six in the bounce, hadn't scored in the Premier League since November, then scored twice in a couple of minutes against Everton and uh, beat them 2-1. So, yeah, it's been it's been a horrendous run of results. Rafa, to be fair, actually started well and um, I think they had that point at Old Trafford in October. I think it was Lutton Rosey, but then the wheels just absolutely fell off and it's almost like the team has has forgotten how to win, certainly in the Premier League. Yeah, it's interesting because obviously you've made that transition to Frank Lampard, and and to be honest, Chris, there's, there's, I don't really I mean, from from an outsider's perspective, it doesn't look like there's 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 much of a plan there. Obviously, he came in and was it on deadline day, and then brought in Donny mm. Van der Beek and brought in Deli Ali. Is that mm. fair to say that it, it does seem a little bit sporadic and scattergun? Um, to be fair, I think that um, uh, Lampard did well. He was imposing himself from the start. He um, 
he had this uh, bizarre appointment period where they were going through all the different candidates and they had Vita Pereira, somebody without any Premier League experience. So uh, obviously Rooney as well was the one who I particularly sort of um, throw my support behind. But Lampard was very much a, a unifying candidate. And when he, he came in, um, even before the appointment, because the appointment wasn't even announced until deadline day itself, he was busy behind the scenes working on the players he wanted, and Donny van der Beek was one of them. He pushed hard for him to push to bring that one through, and uh, Deli Ali as well. Because if you know if anybody's going to play a tune out of Deli Ali, it'd probably be the um, most prolific Premier League goal scoring midfielder of all time. You think if somebody is going to get him back to those stellar levels, and let's just remember a few years ago they were stellar levels, then Frank Lampard might be the man. So I think in that respect, um, the fans are actually pleased with um, what he's he's done so far and the fact that he, he wants to play a passing style of play. Now, whether that is going to get Everton out of trouble or not, that, that is the big, the big question because they, it was all well and good last weekend, blew Brentford away in the FA Cup, but they absolutely wilted up there at St. James's Park midweek. Um, Newcastle, apart from St. Maximum, not showing much quality at all, but they had those that sort of fight that you need in a relegation dogfight and the attributes that you'd want right now in the season. Everton just aren't showing that. They're talented players, but you, you've got to question the mentality at times with, with this team, the, the, the uh, lack of consistency and the way just whenever an opponent needs to pick me up or anybody needs a goal or somebody's been in a bad run, they seem to get it against Everton. Mm. Yeah, I was to be honest, Chris, I was going to ask you your first impressions yeah. of Lampard. I mean, the, the, the 4 1 win against Brentford, I think everybody sort of took note, you know, with it being Frank Lampard's first game, a few very good individual performances there as well. And then going away to mm. Newcastle and, and and putting in a really a dire performance. Mm. I mean, is it just a case of yeah. the home form is going to be absolutely critical this season? I think I think it will be, Connor. I think that um that they've only won once on the road since um, Brighton in the opening month of the season. So I think it is going to be cr crucial. Um, Lampard came into the club and he said how much he felt that Goodison Park would be a factor. He's somebody who's played there many times himself in his own illustrious playing career with first West Ham and Chelsea. And, and it was interesting, actually, Ben Foster sort of flipped that um, on its head today, mate. There's some quotes doing the rounds. How he says Everton fans are really horrible, and if you can get on their backs quickly, if um, they can't see that the home side are dominating from early on, it can actually turn. But I think that's where Everton need to sort of use the crowd to the ad their advantage now, because Lampard has said how difficult it can be for opponents, and at least they are behind the team, they're behind the manager now. It's not like they were never against the team, but under Rafa Benitez, there, there wasn't that that unity. It did get quite toxic at times, and mm. whatever Lampard has done or hasn't done as a manager, he as a man at the moment, he's somebody the fans are getting behind. He's only Farhad Mashiri, the new owner. Well, that's it. Who's been there for six years now? It's appointed six managers in six years, and Lampard is the only, only the second manager to have his name um, sung by the supporters, and that came in his first home game against Brentford. Carlo Ancelotti being the only other one. So there has been an instant bond in that respect, and he is somebody that they are um, w willing to win in a manner that they've not always had with the, the other managers. So I guess that's half the battle. But yeah, that, I think the, the home form is going to be crucial because they're not looking like, you know, any more performances like that at Newcastle away from home. You're not going to be many picking up many points in the road. So what, what do you think the big difference was then, Chris, between the Brentford performance and the Newcastle performance? 
I think it was the mentality again. It, it was all well and good. Brentford were poor, and they're another they're another one, I suppose. Leeds and Everton yeah. are going to be wary about that. Brentford looked like they could struggle, possibly second yeah. half the season and going into the running. They might be one of the ones who were sucked into it. Um, so yeah, Brentford were poor, and then. Everton exploited that with the fans behind them, but it was totally flipped on its head up at Newcastle. The, the crowd were loud, as you totally expect going up to Newcastle. And that it's almost been like a, a double whammy because what you've done, same as Norwich City, is they, they've brought Newcastle back into play. Now, all of a sudden, they can see a chink of light at the end of the tunnel there and they think, oh, well, we could pull off a great escape here. And obviously, with Newcastle's finances, that could be massive for, for everyone the Premier League clubs like Everton and Leeds if they are still around there next season. You know, Newcastle are going to have massive spending power. So, they're like the the victims. Um, they're bringing it all on themselves. Like I said, um, but their own um, frailties, that they're allowing um, teams in and around them to to sort of re- come from the dead, as it were, and sort of revive their, their own seasons. So, yeah, you've got to look at the character of these players. I don't think there's a question mark over their ability. Like I said, they should safely be within mid-table, at least, if not pushing for Europe. But they failed under a series of managers now, and that that is concerning when you look at the character, especially you know when you need that those sort of attributes in a relegation dogfight, which this is now. Yeah, I guess when you're coming up against a Leeds side, Chris, many people, some people might turn around and say, "Well, yeah, it's a good fixture because Leeds give you opportunities." But the unity within this Leeds United side mm-hmm. and and the sort of we will go till the death, like we saw at Villa the other night. It's it's probably something that at the minute is going to be a problem for any opposition, really, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. You always know against Leeds United that you're going to be you're going to be pushed for the, the full ninety. You know that Bielsa's got something off his sleeve, and he's he's not going to make it easy for you. I mean, obviously, there's been times you know great teams like Manchester City just totally blew them away. Yeah. But on the whole, a team like Everton who are operating on a similar level to Leeds at at the moment, you know you're going to be in. For a battle, and, and and it's always been um, the, the same way against Leeds. And I remember, obviously, like last season we talked about that game there. The way it took, up, uh, they played tactically. I think that, that they outmaneuvered Everton and Carlo Ancelotti on on that occasion. Um, it, you know, it was a very high tempo game. But as we but as we all know, it will be a very sort of different scenario tomorrow with with the fans in there. That was obviously I think Leeds first Premier League winner, sorry, league winner at Everton since nineteen ninety. But with the fans in there it will be very different. But like as Ben Foster has said today, I suppose from a Leeds point of view, if they if they can get at Everton quickly, then that they'll be hoping that they actually flip it on its head and the, the fans get the home fans get frustrated and might turn against Everton in in those kind of scenarios. Yeah, it's it's interesting, Chris, because you mentioned obviously the fans not getting on Lampard's back. Obviously, you know mm. he's he's the fresh man through the door. They're going to support him. That I presume they're all sort of you know backing the project that is Frank Lampard. But are you expecting if if let's say Leeds were to get an early goal, not toxic if you will, the atmosphere? Mm. But are you expecting a real sort of nervous and anxiousness, which could it, it almost translate on translates onto the pitch, doesn't it? it certainly does at Ellen Road. Yeah, that, I, I definitely. I think in this, given Everton, I mean, that would happen under many circumstances, but I think given Everton's um, current predicament, that's particularly um, something that they, they could be wary about because um, the form has just been so poor. I think it's six points out of the last 45 now, which if you translate over an entire Premier League season, it's 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 15 points. It's, it's I think it's only um, Derby County as... Um, done worse than that over an entire season so it's not just relegation form it's like worse than the relegation form so 
Evertonians are acutely aware of just how massive a game this is for both sides, particularly for their team now, because they have to stop the rot. If they get a couple of good results now, the next couple of weeks or so, sorts of builds a bit of momentum, brings a bit of breathing space. But if this run just continues the way it's been doing over recent months, then it's going to get more and more nervous. So, yeah, to go behind early to a team around them, like um, Leeds at the weekend, it, it, it really could be nervy times for Everton. Are you worried about relegation, Chris? Do you think it's uh, it's definitely something? I know league position, obviously, it's something that is is a very stark reality. But um, uh, do you think there's a sort of common consensus that Everton fans are, are generally worried about it? I think I think they are, and um, for those same reasons I, I've said before, they, this team shouldn't be anywhere near that. If you ask me today, will they go down? Say no, and but it shouldn't even be close to that. It shouldn't be close. This is a team who should at least be in mid mid table. But the longer this run goes on, the more you have to be concerned. They said, "Oh well, the spine of the team was out." Yerimina, Decore, Calvert Lewin. When they come back, they'll be all right. They said, oh, well, they'll have a, a, a tough run of fixtures. Once they're over that, they'll be all right. Said, uh, once Rafa Benitez goes, they'll be all right. But they still haven't turned it round. They've only had that FA Cup result against Brentford. So until they actually start putting Premier League points on the board, it has to be an increasing concern because that's one thing you can't change. You can coach players, you can make them better. But if they don't have it mentally, if there's something wrong in their makeup and that they don't have the character for this fight then you could be in trouble and that you can never believe that you're, you're too good to, to go down and that that, yeah. that, that is becoming a, a concern with, with the fans that the longer it goes on the more you've got to sort of question the character of these players it, it, it truly is a, a, a pivotal moment for Everton Frank Lampard has, has emphasised that there's almost half a season to go and you shouldn't sort of put too much stock into these individual fixtures. But I think Everton just have to stop the rot. Yeah, Russ has come in with a really good question here. Um, and it's definitely something that we can develop on here, Chris. Uh, question for you, Chris. Yeah. Where do you think Leeds can really hurt Everton? And I guess that's uh, that's what all Leeds fans are wondering right now, Chris. Yeah, well, <laughs> and I saw the, the players who sort of caught my eye in, in recent times, like Jack Hansen and... Um, Daniel James has sort of you've added it from um, and sort of what was in the, in the armory maybe um, um, last season, particularly um, James coming in from from, from Manchester United. Um, he's been one who sort of caught my eye. Um, but I, I think if you're going to be you're going to be looking at what Everton have been like all season, set pieces. Um, mm. Everton have a wretched record when it comes to defending corner kicks. Free, free kicks as well. They were actually quite decent at times. Used to defend quite deep under Ancelotti last season and were um, quite effective on it. But set pieces have been Everton's absolute Achilles heel um, this season. Saw that up at um, Newcastle on um, Tuesday night, conceded from a corner kick again uh, against Villa. They conceded from a corner kick the last um, home game. So, yeah, I don't know what the deliveries have been like at Leeds United in, in recent times, but it seems to be whoever it is from, from a corner kick, very nervous times for Everton. Yeah, it's interesting. There's as well, we don't know the team news. Frank Lampard's uh, press mm -hmm. conference is at 1 30 in about an hour 15. Yeah. 
But it, it seemed um, <clears throat> it was like the walking wounded the other night, wasn't it, Chris, yeah. at Newcastle? And, and they, they have recently had a fair few injuries. Yeah, and I certainly think there could be a couple out from, from that game. Um, Lampard's been playing with um, a back three since he came in, played the 3-4-3 three, three in both of his matches. But Yeri Mina is now injured again. Yeri Mina, when, he, when he's on his game, is Everton's most dominant centre-half. But he's been dogged by injuries. I think he's probably played in less than half the available matches since he came to the club. And you could see that at St. James James's Park. You know, he didn't want to go off, but it was a lost cause. He just couldn't continue. So looks like he's going to be out. And because of that, they either stick young Jared Bramthwaite in or they abandon the free centre-half um, system. So it could be a reverting to the block, flat back four um, at, at the weekend. And then uh, the Marty Gray, who um, I think did well at Ellen Road earlier in the season and has actually been probably Everton's most consistent attacking player all season, most potent threat. Um, looks like um, he's out as well. I'd wait and see. As Lampard said it wasn't as, as bad as it could have been, but probably going to be a serious doubt for this particular fixture. So I think that'll be a bonus for Leeds to, to have those two missing. And like I said, if, if Mina's out, then um, it could mean a defensive reshuffle and different sort of um, formation. But on, on the flip side of that, I would imagine that Dominic Calvert-Lewin will um, step up back into the starting lineup to to lead to spearhead the attacker at the weekend because he's obviously been a big miss, came back at the start of January, but hasn't scored since he... He returned and he's still not um, um, much um, sharp at the moment, but I'd imagine he'd, he'd come back to to spearhead the attack. I guess so. That's that's quite an interesting point there, Chris, because you're talking about Dominic Calvert Lewin. Obviously, Donny Van der Beek's not had that much, many minutes really. Neither is Deli Ali. Um, so you kind of you kind of looking at that team at the minute, and, and you thinking to yourself with how fit Leeds United are and how long they can go for um, mm. over a ninety minute spell. It's it might not be the best game for a Dominic Calvert-Lewin or a Donny van der Beek or a Deli Alli to really get up to speed. Yes, it's, it's like, it's either sink or swim, isn't it? I don't think there's any particular moment in the Premier League where you can easy sort of players in. But yeah, it's given Leeds' um, fable fitness levels, it, it, it it's certainly not going to be a, a, an easy one for them. It's, it's, it's interesting, at least now Frank Lampard does have options. Obviously, there's mm. the defensive issues that we just spoke about there, so problems again there, but certainly um, with the new signings, uh, that, that there are actually changes he can make where he can do something different, where he can bring somebody in who can operate in a slightly different manner. Also, um, Anwar El Ghazi still hasn't played. Um, he, he was cup-tied for the, for the Brentford game at the weekend, like the two new um, deadline day signings. So there are options there forever. It'd just be interesting to see what team they end up playing. Um, like I said he had gone the 3-4-3 the last couple of weeks, but I think his, his hand might be forced on this one now and sort of different sort of tactical approach. But yeah, from, from the point of view that... Um, Leeds are going to be pushing you all the way. Maybe those substitutions might be crucial for Everton in the way you might be able to sort of change the game or move things around if they aren't going the way he wants. There's there's one player I wanted to touch on as well, Chris. There's um, uh, Anthony Gordon, who yeah. is, but from from what I've seen so far this season has been has been very very impressive. And obviously, with Leeds United playing a, a man for man system. Mm. Is it, do you think that there's going to be a lot of onus on Anthony Gordon to really um, to really press Leeds offensively if if Damari Gray is out? Yeah, like you say, with the, if Gray is out, which we, we suspect he, he will be, the, the emphasis falls even more on young Anthony's shoulders. It's been a, yeah, it's been a real break um, through season for, for Gordon. And to be fair, that was one of the things Benitez did in that he'd play him on a regular 
basis, but I think Gordon's displays in the training ground sort of, um, made it that that was just like a, a no brainer because he's actually been at times Everton's, um, so I say, well, great, great to be fair, has been the most uh, consistent attacking outlet, but um, Gordon has um, really come on leaps and bounds in, in, in recent months. Um, he just needs to add the, the goals to his game on a, on a regular basis. I mean, he's, he's finally broken his duck after like over 30 matches, um, got a couple against Brighton and Hull Valbion. The first one was deflected. But yeah, he's, he's a, he, sort of, he, he makes things happen. He's taking um, corner kicks, free kicks as, as well. Um, it's always great when you have like a homegrown player to come through. He's not at the levels of, of, of Wayne Rooney or even a, a Ross Barkley at, at this particular stage. But um, he's certainly the best to come through in a, in a few years now. And uh, there's a lot of um, excitement um, behind him. And he's the sort of player that Evertonians can get behind. Um, local lad who always gave, gives his all for the cause and has, has got, got something about him as well. The midfield's an interesting one, Chris. Obviously, you mm. know, normally you look at um, Decore as the player to really drive Everton on, but obviously it looks yeah. like he's going to be out of this one. Yeah. How do you expect the, the midfield makeup to set up? You know, obviously, it's, if it's a 4 3 3, Tom Davis going to be in there? You presume yeah. it's the staple, the staple Allen's going to be in there, but who are the other two you, you sort yeah. of expect? Yeah, Tom, Tom is actually another one on, on the sidelines. So, yeah, midfield has actually been sort of the the, the biggest puzzle in, in, in recent times in that who you're going to have in there because um, you've obviously got the Deli Ali and Van der Beek. To be fair, Van der Beek did well when he came on. Ali looked rusty and was obviously blamed for um, Newcastle's second goal. But um, I think both of those could be in contention for, for a start. Um, Andre Gomez has been in there alongside Alan now. He's a curious player in that um, he can be great on the ball, did well against Brentford, pulled the strings there, but he can be quite a liability when the opposition have got it. And uh, he, 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 it's all well and good. You know, he's, he's, he's sort of schooled in Portuguese and Spanish football, playing for teams who, like Barcelona, who tend to boss possession. But when you're in the Premier League, you just can't do that. You're not going to be um, smothering teams with like 60 70% possession. And when the opponents do get it... Um, Basically, he can't tackle. He's a big lad. He's 6'2", something like that. I think probably about 14 stone. He's a big unit, but he, he just can't tackle. And um, getting that balance right in there alongside um, Alan. So I just wonder whether Gomez might possibly make way and both of the new lads um, could come in. But it's, it's going to be intriguing how they line up in the centre of the park because that's the one area where you, you probably got the most doubts of how Everton are going to actually going to be setting up. With, I've, I've taken a look at Everton's fixtures <laughs> and they're not that kind. Um, I mean, I look at Leeds and I think there's some tough ones in there, but Everton, yeah. Everton's sort of sort of last fixtures do stand out a little bit. And the re the reason I mentioned that, Chris, is because do you think that this game is a, is a must win for Everton? Yeah, I do. I do. I think it is a must win. But we've been saying that for a while. We probably said that about Aston Villa when Duncan Ferguson came in as a as caretaker manager. Um I think I think Newcastle was a must not lose for them, and they lost that. So um, I think that, um, that that was just you know so Newcastle couldn't um, um, close the gap, which they did now just a single point. So yeah, I think from Everton's point of view, and we keep saying this, it is a must win. But yeah, definitely. Yeah, because I was going to say because then obviously Leeds will open up a gap of seven points to yeah. Everton, which is. You know, you when you're in those positions, you want to drag drag teams into it, don't yeah. you? Don't want to be want to be left on a on a on a raft, really. But um, 
Before we go, Chris, thanks so much for joining. Really appreciate it. I'm, Matt, I'm going to push you for a, a <laughs> Going to um, increase my popularity even more. Chris, I think you actually got it spot on last time. You said 2-2, two, two, so there you go. Yeah, fair there enough. Um, <laughs> wow. Well, I, I, Everton... I've not kept a clean sheet um, in the Premier League since um, I think it's about 7th of November. Tottenham Hotspur was nil-nil, so I won't be so bold as to say um, a, a clean sheet. But I, I go, I've, I've said it has to be a must-win for Everton, so I'm going to say 2-1 to Everton. 2-1 to Everton. Okay, well, I really appreciate your time, Chris. Where can people find you for for any yeah. any Leeds United Everton <laughs> content, mate? Yeah, more uh, yeah, um, more uh, at C Beasley Echo on on Twitter. I just go onto the, the the Liverpool Echo website and uh, yeah, check check out our um, our Spygate feature, which, uh, which you obviously have your contribution. It was a balanced piece. It had yourself oh. and uh, one of our colleagues from Derby, so you can yeah. check that out or any other uh, Everton Leeds content we were producing over the weekend. Top man. Cheers for joining, Chris. Cheers, Connor.